We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, welcome into Candlestick Chronicles, a 49ers podcast on the Blue Wire podcast network. Yeah, that's right. A normal intro today. I'm Kyle Madsen. I write about the 49ers over at NinersWire.com, part of the USA Today Sports Media Group. Joining me shortly is Chris Biederman of the Sacramento Bee, and we are going to dive in a little bit into the 53-man roster, but more importantly, Kyle Shanahan and John Lynch are recording this Tuesday evening, talked with reporters Tuesday on a conference call about keeping... Jimmy Garoppolo on a one-year deal, uh, a restructured one-year deal, I should say. If you didn't listen to the emergency pod and our immediate reactions to that, go ahead and jump back in and do that. And now we will discuss uh, what Kyle and John had to say, because it was was pretty interesting. Let's dive in. Hey, this is George Kittle, and you're listening to Candlestick Chronicles. The 49ers canceled practice so they could talk to reporters about Jimmy Garoppolo. It was kind of weird because today was final cut day. Like, it was weird that they had practice scheduled to begin with. Right. And then they... (laughs) Practice scheduled before final cuts. Right. Practice scheduled before final cuts. I'd assume they would have cut all the players before having them practice. (laughs) That would have been a real... Just roll out to practice. Just roll out to practice the 53 dudes and like, what? No. (laughs) But, But they did cancel practice and change their media availability to a conference call after the news of Jimmy Garoppolo's new contract coming out. So it was just it was just kind of weird, but I mean, you know, roster cut down day is a busy day for NFL people, so it's not that big of a deal, but it was I, there were a lot of interesting things said, and I do think Kyle Shanahan I mean, there were things that he said that I agree with and things that I'm kind of like, uh, I get why he's saying that. I don't know that I necessarily agree with it, but I guess ultimately with Jimmy Garoppolo coming back, I would say like the, my thesis just to get us started is this, that like I thought a lot about the Emmanuel Sanders trade today and Kyle Shanahan as one does as one does. Yeah. <laughs> and when Kyle Shanahan at the time talked about that trade, he spoke about it in the terms of like, you know, he said he really believed in the roster. He really thought at that point when they made that deal, um, they were a Super Bowl type team, which they obviously were. They went to the Super Bowl in 2019 and they were a receiver away. And I think that ended up being true. And I think one of the reasons Kyle Shanahan did this deal and was willing to bring Jimmy Garoppolo back and invite all sorts of speculation and drama and everything that comes with having a quarterback controversy on one of the most high profile football teams in the league he believes that the 49ers have a Super Bowl team mm-hmm. and he knows how hard it is to get to the point where you have a Super Bowl type roster, like a legitimate one. Mm-hmm. And those windows don't stay open forever. And he doesn't want ultimately when it came down to it, he doesn't want a quarterback injury to Trey Lance, like the one Jimmy Garoppolo suffered in 2018 
to be the reason the 49ers don't contend. And I think there's plenty of logic in that. But, and maybe, you know, maybe this bet, this like Kyle Shanahan is making a bet. He's Mm -hmm. making a bet that his locker room can deal with this whole thing again. And that was one of his big points when he was talking to reporters on, on the, when he was talking to us on the conference call on, on Tuesday saying that we just did this last year. And, you know, our guy, Eric branch asked him about all the drama and Shanahan said, essentially like they dealt with all of this last year. It's not really any different. And even if Jimmy Garoppolo weren't here, it's not like Trey Lance wouldn't be under the microscope and be super dissected anyway. I have so many thoughts just on that. <laughs> go, go ahead. Okay, first of all, yeah, they went through this last year. And do you know what Jimmy Garoppolo said in April? That it was hell and he wouldn't wish it on anybody. <laughs> Fair. That's what he said about it. And now they're doing it again. I don't, I don't, I don't buy that. I also don't buy, I also don't buy this like, well, there's criticism regardless of who the backup court, like BS. Like there is for sure. If Trey but, Lance completed 50% of his throws in a game they lost, you don't think the entire Bay Area sports content discussion world would be talking about Trey Lance? Yeah, no, for sure. We we, uh, we would. We would. But but there's nothing worse, by the way, than media people being like, the media, like, <laughs> shut up. That's you, dog. <laughs> you Us are- and everybody else right. is what I meant. We, we, we would for sure talk about it, but there would be there would be a nuance to it that goes out the window when Jimmy Garoppolo is the backup because there's a portion of the fan base a large portion of the fan base that already thinks Garoppolo should should be the starter that he should still be in and that Trey Lance is ready so it goes now from hey you know what after five games, he's not playing great in their two and three. Like, let's have a discussion about Trey Lance. It's going to be ever game one. Like the. But this is uh, the same discussion we had last year, just with flip rolls, like going into the season. We're like, well, right. Jimmy right. Garoppolo has a and bad Garoppolo game. Garoppolo said he wouldn't wish it on anybody. Yeah, but he was the guy who got replaced. Like that's it was it was like that for him. Do you think it's going to be like that for Trey Lance? Maybe. Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't the guy that the team traded three first round picks to go get. So it, it makes sense why he would why he would feel that way. No, but he's the guy they could have cut and then they went, ah, never mind. This is great. Yeah. I mean, the Niners have given Jimmy Garoppolo like $115 million over the last They've four given years. Given him so much money. So <laughs> <laughs> like, it's kind of one of those, you know, that's what the money's for things. In my opinion. Huh. But yeah, I just I I just think it's like so there there's the idea, and I think all of the discussion points, I haven't really heard too many discussion points that I think are like completely out of bounds on this because I do think it can go so many different directions. Mm-hmm. But one thing I do one one thing I do believe is a little bit overstated is like the potential fear the 49ers have of going into the season with Trey Lance. Like you know, the idea that like, oh, coaches were were worried about his accuracy issues and all that type of stuff. Like, yeah, I get that. But also, like, if Trey Lance were completing 100% of his throws in practice and looking awesome, like, the coaches wouldn't want to have that out there either necessarily because it's like you're really trying to build up, build up the hype about a guy who hasn't played football before. Mm-hmm. Like, that doesn't really track in terms of, like, the way football coaches approach messaging surrounding young players particularly Kyle Shanahan Kyle Shanahan does not gas up anybody when they haven't established themselves at all right so my point is like if Trey Lance were looking like Patrick Mahomes in practice you wouldn't even hear the 49ers talking about it in those terms right Mm -hmm. so like the idea that like oh there are accuracy issues like yeah we've known their accuracy issues that's not that's not really this whole thing like if the 49ers were super concerned about Trey Lance Jimmy Garoppolo would have been practicing at some point Right. Before he's like he would have been practicing at some point over the last five weeks. Right. 
I, yeah, probably. That's to to some extent, right? Right. So they would have not... they would have approached him sooner and said, "Hey, how do you feel about sticking around at a reduced number?" And I, so I'll put it like this: I don't think the Warriors, the Warriors, I don't think the Forty ers <laughs> are worried about Trey Lance. I think they're open to the idea that hey, this might not work out because you have to be like if you look at the history of sure. the last two decades of drafting quarterbacks, like seventy percent of them are busts. Guy, even guys drafted, you know, in the first round, like well, top 10. And okay. And aside from that, I think this is definitely a hedge against that. But then consider that Trey Lance's slide against the Packers was the first time he's ever slid in a game. Yeah. It takes, it takes one hit or in Jimmy Garoppolo's case in 2018, one weird step. And if it's Brock Purdy or Nate Sudfeld, their season's over. Right. So, I I I I get that they had an opportunity to have a quarterback that they can now plug in in the event that that Lance is unavailable. Forget how he plays. Like let's just say he's fine and he's playing well. But then he's unavailable for 6 weeks. They can go 4 and 2, 5 and 1 in those 6 weeks instead of 2 and 4, 1 and 5 and now their season's over. Yeah. There's a very fundamental, like, competitive nature to the way NFL people do deals also. Like, even without, like, just looking at it completely outside of the bubble that we talk about this stuff inside. Like, all the drama and all that stuff, if you're just looking at it from a pure team-building perspective, say, man, if, if Jimmy Garoppolo is one of the 20 to 25 best or 18 whatever best quarterbacks in the league, and we could have two of those guys and some teams don't even have one. Like, let's just do that and then deal with whatever comes with it. And I do believe that Kyle Shanahan feels like last year went well enough in terms of that quarterback dynamic that he's willing to bet risk one of his best chances at win the Super Bowl at winning the mm-hmm. Super Bowl to to make that bet. So this is the interesting thing, and and I want to get back to his answer on Branch's question. Because Shanahan said something that that I think is, is an interesting aspect or an important aspect of this discussion. He says, quote, the rest of the league had a chance to get him, and I just feel so fortunate that he's still here in that case. And in no way does that hurt our team. It's only helped our team. So this discussion, I think, is a little bit twofold because the 49ers are better on August 30th than they were on August 28th. Yeah, thousand percent. Like, right. They they in a vacuum, they have a starting quarterback who might be awesome and a backup quarterback who's a top. 18-ish quarterback in the league. They have the best backup quarterback in the league by like a wide margin, by a lot. And that's good for them. And Shanahan says it's only helped our team. And that that is correct. Having Jimmy Garoppolo makes the 49ers better. But there's another layer to this that is Trey Lance related. Where now you worry about is he looking over his shoulder? Is he playing afraid to make a mistake? Is there tension in the locker room? Is like there's there's so many things that could mess him and the 49ers up long term out of this that Shanahan's obviously not considering. And he he thinks he can develop Trey Lance and Trey Lance is going to be awesome. And that's why they picked him number three overall. And he's going to go and having Jimmy Garoppolo is just a great insurance policy. And that's all it is. But there's a fundamental friction that now exists that could adversely impact Trey Lance, whether it's via on the field struggles with his, you know, decision making because he's so afraid he's got Jimmy Garoppolo in the back of his mind. He's so afraid to make a mistake. Or if it's, like I said, locker room related where the Niners start one and three and now all of a sudden they have this huge issue where they may never buy into Trey Lance again. Yeah. And I think that's fair. And I think what's certainly what's fair. And I alluded to it on pods over the summer when uh, 
a certain receiver was um, in a contract dispute, which feels like forever ago. But like, I do think there are people in the locker room, players, maybe potentially targets of Trey Lance that like Jimmy Garoppolo better. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and so if that, you know, that that can manifest itself in a drama for sure. But I also think like as much as we talked about, because I, I think everything you I, I agree with everything you just said. But I also think we could have had the exact same conversation. We probably did have the exact same conversation about Jimmy Garoppolo last year at this point. And like Jimmy Garoppolo was Jimmy Garoppolo. Like he wasn't great. He wasn't horrendous. Obviously, they probably wish he would have played better in the playoff games when he was hurt. And they did have that week 18 game. But did you ever get the sense that like Jimmy Garoppolo was playing worse because Trey Lance was behind him? No, but Jimmy Garoppolo has also started games and gone to a Super Bowl and been in the league for that's fair. Almost a decade. Yeah, that's fair. So, yeah, I mean, look, Kyle Shanahan understands the stakes. And so I think he he understands what the risks are. But if he's like, I think he's willing to bet a Super Bowl season on this decision. Like, that's ultimately what I keep coming back to is like, he knows this team's good enough to win a Super Bowl if he was really concerned that something like this would nuke the entire season, then he wouldn't have done it. Like, I think he's pragmatic enough to that point. And like last year, the one thing that really stood out to me and even the last couple years, like the 49ers are just impervious or at least Kyle Shanahan is impervious to public opinion. Like he doesn't care what anybody thinks. And there's never been a point where they've operated like they really care what the public thinks or what we think or what the fan base thinks. No, and that, I don't think that's that's what this is. That, that is a non-factor to me. But if like, so, but but the point, the reason why I say that is like, Kyle Shanahan isn't going to care if the broadcast talk is talking about the quarterback situation or if they're oh. showing Jimmy Garoppolo after every Trey Lance completion. Sure. Or if it's, if there are people on talk radio or podcasts screaming at the top of their lungs that Trey Lance needs to be replaced by Jimmy Garoppolo, like Kyle Shanahan doesn't care about any of that. Right. So like all the drama and, and the external discussion, like I just don't know that it means a whole lot to Trey Lance, to Kyle Shanahan when he looks at Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo. And, and if in his, like if Trey Lance ends up succumbing to that, then to Shanahan's point and, and what he said in that answer to Branch's question is like, no matter who's behind you, you cannot re- like react to how pundits and fans are yeah, reacting no to doubt. But he's also 22 years old. No, totally. And of the social media era, you know, it's not just, yeah, I don't read the papers. Like, this is you a have to like, you have to just not exist in the world, the virtual world where so many people, especially people in their early twenties have grown up existing. Yeah. I also like (laughs) Trey Lance on his Instagram story posts that, you know, the picture of him and Jimmy and the making up the quarterback room and whatever graphic 49ers social put out. Mm -hmm. He goes, LFG. And I remembered, I was like, Oh yeah. Trey Lance. Like, he he majored in public relations in college. Big time, dude. <laughs> and like you know, like Trey Lance just doesn't say anything super helpful in um, press conference settings, and that's completely right. by design, right? But if you've been around press conferences, you know who knows how to handle themselves and who doesn't, whether or not they're good quotes. Yeah, Trey Lance definitely knows. So like the messaging stuff, and like the jokes he'll make with the media and all that stuff, like he knows, like. He is young, but I think there is an element of maturity there that's like, I don't know. I I, I honestly would be super surprised if he got rattled. I, I could see him like playing bad and then maybe getting rattled, but I don't think getting rattled would come before playing bad. Yeah, I think I think so. And given what this is the other aspect of this that I think matters a lot. It honestly probably helps Jimmy Garoppolo's value next year. If he's just the backup this year, yeah, that's he'll a make good his, point. He'll make his six and a half million dollars, and then in the free agent market next year, make three and eighty or 
three and ninety or whatever. Like I'm just picking numbers. Like, he'll he'll make some real money if he's just, look at what happened to Mitchell Trubisky and Jimmy Garoppolo is better than him. So I I think that that's something that that factors in here. And I also think all we heard last season was how great of a teammate Jimmy Garoppolo is. And Trey Lance talked about how the, Jimmy was great for him and they were best friends and this and that. I don't know if they were best that, friends, but they were that, friendly. That's a, Trey said, Jimmy's one of my best friends. That's what okay. he said. Okay. I, look, hey, <laughs> don't shoot the messenger. I'm not. I'm not. Okay. <laughs> but so, so they got along, right? Yep. So they had a good working relationship. So the, the thing I think people envision with Garoppolo coming back is Garoppolo like sitting silently in meetings and Trey being like, Hey, what do you see here? And Garoppolo not saying like icing him out and Garoppolo being in the locker room after Trey goes, you know, 14 of 28 with the touchdown and two picks and going like, man, George, he sucked today. Huh? Yeah. Hey, Hey Kyle, I'm over here. Hey, I'm very, I just don't, I don't see, I don't think he's the kind of person that would do that especially given how he handled last season. Yeah. So, I mean, when, when a player does things like that, particularly a high profile player, like that's how reputations are gained in the league. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there are some quarterbacks who aren't brought in to be backup quarterbacks because they do stuff like that. Like that is a thing NFL people think about. It's not just about, getting the best quarterback that you can to be your backup. It's about getting somebody willing to embrace that role. Right. And I think Jimmy kind of proved last year that like, you know, even if he's in a really tough spot, he can be a model citizen and ultimately not really hurt his career. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, or his earning potential. I mean, what hurt, what hurt him this off season, obviously was the surgery and the, and the timing of it all. Like literally him being hurt. Because if he were healthy, I'd fully expect him to be, you know, in Washington or playing for the Colts or maybe Cleveland would have picked him up sooner. Right. Like there, I really, I believe that Jimmy Garoppolo would have landed elsewhere and, and like been okay. You know, if he, if he had come out of last season healthy without needing the surgery, like he would have been traded. The 49ers would have gotten the, you know, two fourths and one that could have turned into a second based on playing time or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. something like that. If Jimmy Garoppolo is a model citizen and does his part and this thing doesn't blow up from a quarterback dynamic perspective, that just makes him more appealing next year because your team needing a bridge quarterback, an adult in the room and yeah, an adult in the room, like, Jimmy's would would have proven after two years of being the model starter who was replaced and then willing to be the model backup. That's like a wet dream for a new GM who's like, I need a quarterback before I find my long term guy. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's like what Brian, what the 49ers were praying to God that Brian Hoyer was going to be his first year in 2017, realizing that like, yeah, this guy's not the long-term answer, but hopefully he can start for us and keep us afloat. And he couldn't, but Jimmy Garoppolo is like, like Jimmy Garoppolo would be one of the most high profile free agents in the league next year. Yeah, but if he, that's... but if he made a stink and the four, and all of a sudden there was like backstabbing and whatnot, like on his way out, I can't imagine that would help him when he does hit the free agent market next spring. Yeah, and I, yeah, that's a that's a good point. Like top twenty ish quarterbacks don't just hit the free agent market all the time. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over three hundred and fifty million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. The other thing about this is it isn't like the Niners had, because you just brought up the injury and this is why this popped into my head. It's not like the Niners had six offers for Garoppolo and turned them all down and have just kind of been jockeying all offseason to keep him. They just didn't have any offers. And like I just said, it's not like top 15, 20 quarterbacks just hit the open market all the time. And the Niners would have been in a spot where they are releasing him, which is admittedly what I thought they should have done. They're releasing him. They're getting no comp pick. And they're just letting him walk potentially to a division rival in Seattle, potentially to a division rival in LA, depending on how they feel about Matt Stafford's elbow. I mean, there's... This was a scenario born out of, and Shannon and Lynch talked about it today, just kind of both sides, not necessarily needing each other, but it making sense for both sides after it got here. Like this wasn't the four, if the 49ers had from the, if they had turned it to like, Hey, yeah, the, the, the commanders offered two seconds and a fourth and they said no. And the Falcons offered this and the Colts offered that. And they landed here, then I think there would be reason for for legitimate concern about Trey Lance. But I think that's where a lot of the consternation is here with keeping Garoppolo. It's like, what does this mean for Lance? You know, this is a hedge against Lance. They don't believe in him. It's like, well, no, they do. They tried to trade Garoppolo the entire offseason. And they couldn't. And they found a solution that ultimately benefits them this year and, and potentially beyond. Honest to God, like going to OTAs in June, I remember saying it on this exact podcast being like, my biggest takeaway from OTAs is that this is Trey Lance's team, that like Kyle Shanahan and all the players and the entire organization had moved on from Jimmy Garoppolo. Like I, that was my main takeaway from OTAs. So yeah, like, like I said, I, I think they're confident enough in Trey Lance to go in, obviously, as a starter because they were planning on like if there were any concerns about Trey Lance, I think Jimmy Garoppolo would have been practicing at some point in August and this would have been figured out a lot sooner. But yes. I don't think this is like, oh, we're worried about how he looked in the Texans game. I don't think that I don't think a lot of decisions were made based on how things went in that Texans game. Here, I just to that point real quick. I think they would have done this, and I think it's a little bit point you were making earlier. Let's go to a version of this offseason where Trey Lance completes 75% of his throws in practice and just lights it up and in the preseason games looks awesome. And it's like, holy crap, the Niners might have Patrick Mahomes 2.0. I think this still happens. Yeah. Because they you can still, still justify it, it right? They, so, you can justify it with the same. What we're like, yeah, we don't want to. We don't want a quarterback injury to ruin our season. Also, and you like, don't want to punt an asset for nothing. You don't, and also, like the, the Niners have been trying to upgrade their interior offensive line through trades and have not been successful at this point. <laughs> like, like they've they've made it pretty clear. Even Kyle Shanahan talking after the game said he wasn't super thrilled with the with where the starting offensive line was. Right? Uh, so like even irrespective of Trey Lance's readiness and whatnot, like if you're worried about the interior of your offensive line and Trey Lance potentially getting hit a lot, then yeah, you have a Super Bowl roster and you don't want to 
you want your season to go down the drain because Trey Lance gets hurt. I mean, that to me is, is the most logical part of all of this. Like, I think it's much more about that than the idea that, you know, Trey Lance is going to play himself out of the, out of the starting spot. But I do think the 49ers aren't blind to the fact that that is a possibility, but I don't think that's why they did it. And I think that's, that's obviously going to be the most dramatic thing. And maybe it happens. Who knows? But from this standpoint, that's obviously the most dramatic thought to latch on to and the thing that will cause the most controversy and the thing that will be talked about the most. Right? Like, is that fair? And, like, I don't think it's necessarily wrong because there are concerns with his accuracy. But at the same time, like, I agree with you in that if Trey Lance was perfect this offseason and looked like a surefire superstar, then yeah, they still probably would have done this. Yeah, like the reasoning is still all sound. But because Trey Lance did have his ups and downs in practice and because he did not look very good in that Texans game, all of a sudden this can be framed as they don't trust him. They feel like they need a starter behind him. And maybe that's the case. And maybe they're terrified. And maybe they were getting ready to cut Garoppolo and then they saw how Lance looked against the Texans and went, oh my God, we need to figure out how to keep him. But if that was the case, this is the other thing. If that was the case, right? Don't you feel like Garoppolo would have gotten more than the six and a half million guaranteed? Because at that point, he has all the leverage. Yeah, that's a good point. Like six and a half still makes him like the highest bid backup in the league. That's a lot of money for a backup. But if they were really concerned about Trey Lance and your Jimmy Garoppolo, you'd be like, guarantee me 10 or guarantee right. me 12. Right. Yeah, I think that's fair. Yeah. Um, any, any thoughts on the 53 man roster? Brock Purdy's sticking around. Yeah. What's that say about Jimmy Garoppolo? How confident is Kyle Shanahan and Jimmy Garoppolo to be the backup? <laughs> Is Brock Purdy a hedge against Jimmy Garoppolo? What I want to know is... <laughs> <laughs> what I want to know is, is Kyle Shanahan designing a package of plays for Jimmy Garoppolo each game? So I did have that thought today because... Be, we're back, baby. There was a point where Shanahan wanted to do that last year, early on, and then he realized it was just too complicated does Kyle Shanahan <laughs> spend the next week and a half devising a way to uncomplicate the Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo two quarterback attack? <laughs> and are we are we all just stupid nerds thinking he's going to play one quarterback? <laughs> Chess, not checkers. <laughs> um, I I would be surprised. I don't think so. I was I'm pretty still- surprised. I was I was surprised Brock Purdy made the team. I was too. Yeah, I think I'm probably one of the most Trey Lance optimistic people out there. You are, and I don't think. I mean, I just. I don't think this is ultimately going to change Trey Lance's season all that much, personally. It shouldn't, right? Like that's that's okay. So that's the other thing is like. We're going to dive into the 53 man, but now we're back here. That's the other thing with this is do you feel better or worse about Trey Lance today than you did two days ago? I feel the same. Yeah, I feel the same. I was already, I'm already on the fence. I've, I've pronounced that I, in this, in this day and age where people in the media have to, and by this time, I mean me, have to like take a hard stance on something. I've decided to sit on the fence on this because I genuinely have no idea. I think the chances he's a star and the chances that he's he's just not very good are are roughly equal. That's that's my take. And I still feel that way. I feel no different. And whether the 49ers can win the Super Bowl this year or not, I think their chances are actually better now because they are insulated from the dreaded starting quarterback injury. Yeah, if Trey Lance suffers a high ankle sprain and is out six to eight weeks, you don't really feel all that differently about the 49ers in terms of their ability to win games. 
Yeah. Yeah, I think my optimism around Trey Lance is is mostly just about Kyle Shanahan making things easy for him and yeah. and just running a bunch of plays that don't require a ton from him in terms of like being super precise. Yeah. But anyway, um Brock Purdy making the 53. I was surprised. And I think Kyle Shanahan and I know this point has been made everywhere but like Kyle Shanahan runs an offense that's become very popular around the league because of in part of you know his influence like his influence on the league offensively now is pretty strong Mm -hmm. um and there are probably a dozen teams that run a version of his offense and if any of those teams are in a position to add a backup quarterback or a third string quarterback to their 53-man roster Brock Purdy's kind of an ideal guy like he's those types of coaches in those spots a lot of them aren't looking for like upside athletic traits to like be their third string guy. Mm-hmm. They want a guy who, if they have to turn to your season's gone to hell, at least this guy can run the offense. Right. So I think that's what Brock Purdy represents. And in terms of being a long-term backup, like now he's basically got a red shirt season to just run the scout team and grow and whatever. Mm-hmm. But I think Kyle Shanahan views him as a potential long-term backup. Yeah, yeah, they must if they're if they're keeping him on the fifty three at running back. The other, not not surprised, but just kind of question answered. They wind up keeping five running backs, not including values check. And Jordan Mason and Trey Sermon both made it. Jamichael Hasty was the cut. I actually think, given how much that they're likely to run the football this year, that's probably the right move. Yeah, I think it's the right move too because one thing, what like an issue that they've run into basically every season since Kyle Shanahan's been here has just been running back attrition. And they've always, every year, they've dipped onto the practice squad or had to sign on draft or sign guys off the street, right, to get playing time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so like Jaquez Patrick, like the classic example. Oh, right. <laughs> Um, carry on Johnson was a 49er for a brief time. Yeah. Carry on Johnson, Jaquez Patrick, like guys they had to sign just because they needed bodies to put in uniform. Yeah. Right. And now, you know, instead of having four guys and, you know, if you lose two to injury, then you're signing one of those guys. Well, now you have five. And if you lose two to injury, you still have, you know, three that you feel good about and you don't necessarily need to keep adding. Right. Um, And like, I think Jordan, I, I I am optimistic about what Jordan Mason can be. You know, like if Jordan yeah. Mason's your fifth running back, I think you're fine. And like, right. I right. know they, I know they like Jamichael hasty for what he did on third down, but I never really felt like he was a, a game changer. Like I felt like he had the skill set to be a third down back, but I never felt like it's defenses it's were super concerned about Jamichael hasty being in the game. Right. And we talked about that a lot last year. Like, why can't Jeff Wilson Jr. get those snaps? Which or Elijah I think, Mitchell, I think he if will. he's healthy. I think he will this year. Yeah, yeah I, I thought Elijah Mitchell, like, you know, you can ask Nick, like, just sitting there in games. I'm like, of course, Elijah Mitchell's not in there on third down for whatever reason. Talking about Nick Nick Wagner, our favorite cast member. Our, our, our preferred cast member, cast member <laughs> of choice. <laughs> the preferred cast member, Candlestick Chronicles. So the other, just a couple other interesting things, Malik Turner the Niners go five wide receivers, Malik Turner, the casualty of that. There was a lot of like certainty in Ninerland that he was just going to make the roster. It felt like, I mean, I don't, I don't want to take a victory lap on preseason, not mattering, but like there, there was a lot of just in general discussion about guys who just ended up getting cut. You know, this guy's for sure making the team. He contributes on special teams. It's like, okay. Well, well, the theory was if they're going to keep six, like this is the guy. No, I because... bought it at one point. I did. Yeah. But like, I'll say again, we read so much into what happens in preseason. And like a lot of that, just the coaches, that's not what they're thinking about. They're thinking about what's going to help them win games during the season when it actually matters, not who's having the best preseason all the time. Right. Yeah. Those no, aren't always sure. the same track. Yeah, and some some circus catches in practice don't equate to earning a roster spot. Yeah. yeah. 
I was surprised Jason Poe didn't make it. All that being said. Yeah. There was that like groundswell of, oh man, he's getting first team reps. And what the fact that he didn't get those first team snaps in the preseason finale was per- perplexing, I guess, to me. And it, it led to, because we talked about that and him getting first team reps. And, and you said sometimes coaches will do that just to kind of show a player like Aaron Banks, like, dude, this like this level of effort this level of busting your ass is what we're looking for and when he didn't play with the ones at all in that preseason finale that that to me signaled that that's what that meant and we talked about this with with jordan mason uh i was i was in the camp that that thought he wouldn't make the team would they would try and sneak into the practice squad but that same that same argument can be made for jason poe like every team has a Jason Poe in camp where they really like what he brings. And there's 900 players getting released or whatever. Every, not, it wasn't going to be hard to get a six, one, 300 pound guard to the, to the practice squad of all the hundreds of tweets we saw today of just announced like people reporting cuts. Did any of them say this team does not want him on the practice squad? <laughs> they cut this guy and are have zero interest in bringing him back. <laughs> Man, I don't think I've ever. No, I didn't see that. <laughs> so like that at all. So, yeah, like every every team has these guys, you know, like I, I understand why fan bases latch on to guys that they totally, know. totally. But it's like most of the time these guys will get back to practice squads. Yeah. So you get 16 spots. Not everybody can make it to the practice squad. Right. And they're going to grab a guy or two off waivers or sign somebody else that's not on the. It's okay. You got to let him go. Who was the last waiver addition that you can think of that was like a huge, had a huge impact on the team? Wow. I, I'm sure there's. <laughs> I'm sure there's one that could that we could think of if we sat here for long enough, but I don't think that'd be great content. No. So I'm not going to do that. It sounds like, so Jordan Willis was initially released, but the Niners then said he'll be back. Curtis Robinson, the linebacker. That was another surprise. They kept six linebackers. Curtis Robinson was one of them, but he's going to go on IR along with Jimmy Ward. So Tyler Croft, the tight end, they're going to keep four tight ends. And and uh, Jordan Willis have already reached agreements to come back to the team once those two roster spots open. Yeah, four tight ends was a little bit surprising. Yeah, um, particularly given, you know, the considering how many defensive linemen I thought they would keep. Um, I was a little surprised that they went with four tight ends. I mean, they went heavy on linebackers, tight ends and quarterback. Super and I guess running back. Safety. Yeah, they're thin at safety for right now, but I think that's going to be Dante Johnson coming back off IR or coming back once once Jimmy Ward goes on IR. Because a lot of times, like situations they, like they're that... They're already I, bringing back Jordan Willis and Tyler Croft. Yeah, I mean, there's somebody... I think they go Dante Johnson to the practice squad and elevate him on game days. Okay, yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. Yeah. Unless some team out there is dying to get Dante Johnson. Well, Dante Johnson also might not necessarily want to leave because oh, he'll yeah, have no. a chance at starting for a team he's been at camp with. And yeah. it's, you know. Yeah. He, and he's not subject to waivers at this point. So he's outright right. released. So he's a free agent. He doesn't have to go. He can't get claimed. He doesn't have to go somewhere else. Right. And I'm sure the Niners said, I, I'm, I'm, I would bet money that that's their plan and they told him that's their plan yeah so i'm gonna report now based on my own intuition that dante johnson's headed to the 49ers practice squad smart thanks interesting um carrie Hyder being one of like i didn't i didn't there were no practice reps or even preseason moments for Kerry Hyder that particularly stood out to me. That's not to say it's not to try to diminish Kerry Hyder in any way, but I was surprised to hear D'Amico Ryan's mention him as a swarm guy. Mm-hmm. 
and swarm stands for what is it special work ethic and oh, yeah, it's swarm yeah special work ethic and relentless mindset i believe and when he was asked when when he was talking about that he mentioned Kerry Hyder as one of the guys so then it was like all right Kerry Hyder's making the team right um that would have been funny to cut a swarm guy <laughs> swarm <laughs> yeah i don't i don't know if that's the best acronym but um, i love that it's i love that it's s w e a r m and they're like ah for our purposes we're axing the e yeah it's swarm we're we're getting rid of the e which stands for ethic and keeping the a which stands for and <laughs> make it swarm uh swarm doesn't look as good on the shirts no <laughs> it doesn't but neither does swarm when you go work ethic. And you're like, where is the? <laughs> but it, the the thing with Hyder, so so Hyder stays. Kamoko Ture gets cut. The fact that Hyder can play inside and outside, yeah, I think is where like Kamoko Ture was a outside only pass rusher. I don't, I don't know if I'm trying to think if then I I guess Ebukam is one of those guys. And that can play outside or inside? No, that only plays outside. Oh, that only plays outside? Um, yeah, it's like, it's like Bosa and Ebukam are the only two guys that... Well, Bosa will line up inside on passing downs, I'm sure, at some points. Yeah. But, yeah, in terms of guys who, who have, like, real flexibility to, like, play the run on in, on the inside, I would think Hyder is probably one of the few. They yeah. kept Hassan Ridgeway, which answers the question how much they value having an actual nose. Yeah. Because yeah. we were... I don't know how good Hassan Ridgeway is, but them keeping him suggests that like they do care about having a, a real nose tackle. Yeah. Yeah, and they have to. I mean, yeah. I don't Which, think like, Kevin Givens was ready to take on that role in a large capacity. Well, Givens isn't that big. Like he's right. Yeah, he's right. definitely a defensive tackle, but he's not like a dude that's just a run stuffing that yeah that's goes. like anchoring against two block two blockers like i just don't i see him more as a pass rushing type interior guy yeah for sure um so yeah the garopolis what do you think you're a big pun guy yeah did awesome. our guy tk come up with a banger that's strong that's really strong yeah i think i think garopolis is good yeah okay that's strong very good it's like I'm kind of expecting this to go like last year and that it's going to be a discussion point, but it's going to be kind of like drama free and just kind of work itself out. Here's a if let's let here's they could even trade him in September. Right. That's the other thing is his contract is now <laughs> super tradable. He yeah. has a no trade clause, but he would have if... been tradable regardless. But I think what happened was teams were just waiting for the 49ers to release him rather than have to give give up anything for him. And the Niners just kind of called their bluff, and we're like, "All right, well, we'll just we'll just sign this guy." Can you imagine if you were like Seattle, and Seattle was just sitting there, just licking their chops, waiting for Jimmy to get released? <laughs> but yeah, tough yeah. scene, tough scene for them, real rough. Yeah, I, I'm, I, I don't have any more fifty-three men roster takes. I've got nothing. Yeah, I just think it's interesting that the 49ers are hedging on Jimmy Garoppolo as a backup by keeping Brock Purdy. <laughs> what does this mean for Nate Sudfeld's future? Let's <laughs> talk about it. Yeah, I'll, it was just a pivot. Like the Niners just read the landscape and said, well, this guy would probably be better as our backup than, you know, we would feel better him backing up Trey Lance than winning games for Seattle and making our division tougher. Yeah. Yeah, man. It just like I said, I said this yesterday. From a football standpoint, it makes sense. Yeah, we'll see how it plays out throughout the year. It's probably going to be one of those things where it's going to be a talking point no matter what. Because if Trey, let's say he just let's say he plays well and just kind of develops, and they go into the bye, what's the bye? Week nine. They go into the bye at four and four, but they they beat like Kansas City or something, and and Lance looks good in that game. It's still going to be like there's still going to be the occasional like, Oh, he threw two interceptions in this game. Is it Jimmy time? Do they go to Jimmy? It's still going to be there, but it's, I don't think if he's good, the sincerity will be behind it. Yeah. I don't know. We'll see. 
I you're looking so longingly into the middle distance. I was wondering. No, I'm just I <laughs> I have, you know, like I just find the discussion the discussion points interesting, but like because a lot of them I I I think more like a lot of um a lot of things that happen with the 49ers, I'm like, oh, there's clearly a camp of people who are completely nuts on this topic. And I don't really find that with this one because I'm open to any outcome. Same. Like if Trey, if they're maybe they are super worried about Trey Lance. That's not the sense that I get. Um, and I don't believe that they are, but maybe they are. Like I've been wrong before. But I'm I'm certainly open to the possibility that like, oh, maybe Trey's not it. And this really is a hedge against that. I just think it's something that they thought made football sense. And I think that's certainly justifiable. And they're just coming from a place like, well, we dealt with all the drama last year and it didn't derail our season. So we'll do it again this year. How will we know? I mean, if Trey Lance is good, then clearly it didn't bother him or it lit a fire under him. Right. No, but that's but but how will but if we Trey know Lance if is bad. If Trey Lance is bad, I think he would have been bad regardless. Like, if, I don't think there's a scenario in which, oh, man, Trey Lance wasn't it. And that was because Jimmy Garoppolo was behind him. I think if Trey Lance isn't it, it's that Trey Lance isn't it. You know, so like that's one thing that I've kind of changed my mind on, because initially I was like, man, they're creating this scenario for all this drama. And I was like, yeah, we said the same thing last year and it proved to not be all that dramatic. Yeah. It's all the same characters at play. People are just in different roles. But it, it was it was less dramatic because what, especially when we saw in week five that Garoppolo was clearly the better option last year. Like the drama just kind of stopped. If Lance had gone out and lit it up against Arizona and then stayed healthy and come back after the bye and lit it up against the Colts, there's a lot more drama, but there was never a point last year where, where, and they were winning enough or they won enough, especially at the end of the year that there was never a point where it's like, dude, they have to make a switch. Remember when they went to three and five, there was a lot of momentum, especially dude, I work in sports talk radio. There was a lot of momentum behind the, they need to make a switch, pull the plug seasons over, get number five in there, get him the experience. And then they won enough games in a row that that died down. Yeah. That team had been dealing with injuries of George Kittle. He didn't play for a significant portion of that losing streak. They lost their starting running back in Raheem Mostert, and their cornerback situation was a disaster. Yeah, the cornerback situation was brutal. So there were, like, other factors that prevented them from winning games. But yeah, I'm with you. Like that's, that's ultimately what Kyle Shanahan did is he made his job more difficult when they lose, when they lose games, his job is more difficult than it would have been if it was just Trey Lance as a quarterback. Like I believe that because he's going to have more discussions about the quarterback position, even with his own staff. Mm -hmm. And he's going to have, you know, Jed York talked about the meetings that he has with Shanahan every Monday after games. Like those conversations are going to have a drastically different tenor if they're losing games with Trey Lance as a starting quarterback because Jimmy Garoppolo is behind them. So Kyle Shanahan's job is more difficult, but I just don't like for me, I'm just not expecting Trey Lance to play himself out of the lineup. I think the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan in particular has invested so much in Trey Lance that it's like it would have to be really ugly. And I just don't think it's going to get that ugly for, for like if they lose like I don't know. I think I don't see them losing. I think they're too good of a team, even with Trey Lance as a question mark, to lose like three games in a row. Barring injury. Yeah, probably. Unless Lance is a total disaster, which I don't think you will be. I don't think it would be. So how much do you think Kyle Shanahan likes meeting with Jed York every Monday? Like I mean, that's Kyle Shanahan. Thing, that's he, definitely a thing where he talks about how much he hates it as he's walking out the door to go do it. <laughs> Dude, Jed, I have a show Jed meeting every, given every Kyle... Wednesday. Every Wednesday, I have a show meeting at my job, and all we do on our way down to the thing that we do the show meeting in. Shout yeah, out wait, to my boss dude, if dude. he's listening. 
I was going to say, do you want to say this? If, are you yeah, sure no, it's fine. We, they, okay. uh, Willard and Dibs openly <laughs> talk about hating these meetings on her. We set over-unders for how long they're going to take. And the over-unders usually in the, in the 47 to 51 minute range. And all we do the whole way there is talk about how much we hate these meetings. They're productive and they're, they're, they're ultimately usually fine. But on a Wednesday, you think you're done with your show. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, I got another hour. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that you love our pre-production meetings. Yeah. Just shooting the shit with the homie. Man. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, this, this whole thing's great for content. It's just unbelievable. I can't wait for week one and then seeing and talking to folks at Cooperage on the Friday before week two on September 16th. Yeah. Friday, that, September 16th. That, the vibes, dude. Do you the think vibes they're going to be that event depend so heavily on how Trey Lance plays at Soldier Field? Do you think we see more Trey Lance jerseys at Cooperage or Jimmy Garoppolo jerseys? Oh, again, depends on how Lance plays. Well, if, if Lance throws well like four will... touchdowns, he'll have like the highest selling jersey in the league in week one. Yeah, and we'll see more Lance jerseys. I think it's Lance. I think Lance. Okay. Anybody who's still listening to our podcast probably got rid of their Jimmy Garoppolo jersey. <laughs> and anybody that was like, screw these guys, unsubscribe is probably rocking a Jimmy jersey right now. Just so pumped. Dude, fully torqued. <laughs> no, Friday, September 16th, Cooperage in Cooperage Brewing Company in Santa Rosa. Um. Yeah, man, it's gonna be fun. We're gonna raise money for charity. Our our lineup of guests speaking on the panel is great. It's really good. A, a lot of familiar names. Maybe a couple new ones. One or yeah, two. At least one. Um. It's gonna be. It's gonna be a good time. Last year was great. Um. If even if the same number of people show up as last year, it will be awesome. Um. But. Yeah, I'm gonna hit these Twitter streets at some point and start start pubbing it more. You want me to hit my guy to get a graphic? I think I think we're good on graphics. I think we're running with last year's. It did. I mean, I'm holding up last year's poster, which I have yet to get framed. No, no, no. I meant a promotional graphic. That's fine. Oh, a promotional graphic. Well, yeah, for sure. Okay. Maybe we could use this. The art for the can. These posters are sick. I think they're gonna print them out again. And I hope so. It's a cool Signed thing. Autographs. People ask me for an autograph. How weird I don't is know. that? It just diminishing the value of a perfectly good piece of paper. I know. It was a perfectly good poster, and people are asking me to ruin it for them. It didn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> no, but um, it'll be a good opportunity to raise money and talk 49ers and shoot the shit in a more casual way than uh, a lot of people uh, put it this way. A lot of the panelists are on the record like their job is to be on the record literally and so some of them enjoy being off the record and and being able to uh and enjoy some some hoppy beverages and and speak their minds about football i'm not gonna say who (laughs) but one of our panel who is confirmed going to be there i mean may or may not have been there gets after it and it's a delight it's great it's a lot of fun so yeah, check out Cooperage, the Candlestick okay. Chronicles Hazy IPA in those awesome football looking cans that have a drawing of Candlestick Park on it. That'll be launching soon. When I know the details on that, um, I will I will certainly make that available. We, we will get a distribution list of where what stores will carry it throughout the Bay Area. But generally, you can always order from Cooperage directly on their website and they'll ship anywhere within the state of California, as long as you're of legal drinking age, of course. And, um, and it's awesome. You can get a case of that. You can get a case of their other delicious, delectable frothy beverages. They make really good sours. They make good pilsners. They make good stouts. They They make good beer. They make good IPAs. They make good hazy IPAs. They make good pale ales. I mean, they're, they're winning over there. There's, there, there's a reason they're they're doing as well as they're doing. 
They just, they just. It would be super funny after listing all those beers that they do well. You were like, their half is trash. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm not a half, half guy. <laughs> I am not a half guy at all. I used um, to exclusively be a half guy. Yeah, I went like Keystone yeah, to Coors to half. We all, I'll be honest. They're like, I, had, my friends and I had purchased some Blue Moons like in college, but since then it's been a complete no go. After you make the switch to like actual beer. Blue Moon tastes like curdled orange juice to me. It's like orange juice that is just too like old and yeah. left out in the sun. That's what Blue Moon tastes mm. like to me. So it's not to denigrate people who like Blue Moon, but Blue Moon is just yeah. It's not you're not attacking people. You're you're just you don't like the taste of the beer, and that's fine. Yeah, the beer does well. And shout out to everybody who likes it. Yep. You'll also find a selection of beer that you like at Cooperage when you come attend the event. September 16th. Subscribe, rate, review. See you guys. <laughs> <laughs>